How many of you are glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. So far, 2017 hasn't been overly kind to me. My truck broke down. It's going to cost me a fortune. Haven't been feeling so well. But you know what the Bible says? In all things, give thanks, right? So I'm thankful to be here this morning. So if my voice sounds a little funny or I cough or so on, it's because I'm not feeling the greatest. So about a week and a half ago, I went to my prayer closet and I wanted some input from God. I knew I'd be preaching this morning and I wanted some input from God. I wanted some direction from the Lord. And I went to my prayer closet and I was praying and asking God for some direction and asking him what his thoughts were. What does he have for me for, for this particular Sunday morning? And as my prayer went on, I feel like God answered my prayer because soon thereafter that I mentioned it to the Lord, I found that all I could pray, the only thing that was coming out of my mouth over and over again was, Lord, stir me. Stir me, Lord. Lord, stir your servant. Stir your servant's heart, Lord. Give me my passion back. Give me a zeal back, Lord. Stir your servant, Lord. Stir your servant's heart. Lord, give me the flame back, Lord. Lord, give me the fire. Lord, give me some unction. And that's all I could pray over and over again. And I believe that's what God has for us this morning. Give us that fire. Give us that desire to serve the Lord once again. Because, you know, sometimes, whether you like to admit it or not, the flame goes out, doesn't it? Man, the, the fire gets low and it dies. It, it happens to us, doesn't it? You might not want to admit it. Where there once was a great flame, and it's just all ashes now. It's cold. It happens. We fizzle a little bit, right? It just happens. It's natural. Now, we might not want to admit it, but it's true. Now, it's not a question of us not believing anymore. It's not necessarily that. It's not that we don't love the Lord anymore. It's not that I don't believe in Him. It's not that I don't want to do it anymore. It's just we're going along in our walk with the Lord and, I don't know, we slip out of gear and we hit neutral. And we just coast for a while and we end up losing our flame. It just kind of dies out in us. The flame gets a little low in our walk with God. Where we once burned hot, man, it just dies out. We drift off course every now and again and God has to come along and redirect us. And that's what we do. We get to looking around, and next thing we know, we're not walking the straight and narrow like we once were. And God's got to come back and say, hey, get back in line. Walk the straight and narrow. God has to come and redirect our focus. We just hit neutral. I don't know what it is about us, but we do. Even the best of us. We get into ruts, into grooves, and it's tough to get out of. After all, it's a lot of work keeping the flame going, isn't it? It's not easy keeping the flame going, keeping the passion in our heart, keeping a drive to serve the Lord. It's not easy. It takes lots of self-discipline. It's easy to not be disciplined. It's easy to just watch TV all day. It's easy to let the flame die. That's the easy part. The hard part is keeping it going, keeping that passion and zeal to serve the Lord. So there I was praying, Lord, stir your servant's heart. Give me that flame back and... That prayer then turned to, Lord, stir my wife, stir my wife's heart, or stir my children's heart. Let the word be hidden inside of their heart. Lord, let it come alive to them. Let it come alive to my wife, Lord. Stir us, Lord. Don't let us just be 
spiritual zombies wandering about, Lord. Let us be on a mission. Let us be running this race. The Bible tells us to earnestly contend for the faith. Lord, stir her, stir my children. And then I begin to try to think of as many people Names I could remember here in this body. If I could remember your name, I was praying that God would stir you. That God would stir your family. Stir you and give you that passion back. That zeal, the drive to give it back to you. Oh man, Lord, stir our families. Stir our single folks. Stir the young folks. Stir the elderly folks. Stir us all. Then I begin to pray, Lord, stir the area churches, Lord. Not just us, stir all the area churches. As many as you will, Lord. As many as are willing, stir them. Give them their drive and their passion back. Lord, stir our neighborhoods. Brothers and sisters, it's our responsibility to pray for our neighbors. And my wife and I, we have some great neighbors that we love very much. And it's my job to pray that God stirs their heart for the things of God. Lord, stir this country. Amen? Stir this country. Stir us, Father God. So after that prayer, I began to look for some scriptures about stirring ourselves. And immediately I came to this scripture. And I like it. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. I'm going to read it. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 says, Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Brothers and sisters, he says, stir up the gifts of God which is in thee. Stir those gifts that God has given you. Stir them, the Bible says. Sometimes we've got to stir ourselves. Amen? Sometimes we've got to stir ourselves up. Sometimes you have to take the fire poker into the ashes and turn it around a little bit until you get some hot coals around in there. You've got to do that every now and again. Whether you realize it or not, and we've heard this last Sunday morning from Pastor Joe, whether you realize it or not or agree with it or not, our country has been granted a reprieve right now from the course that we're on. A little bit of a pause from the horrible direction that we were going. And now is the time for the church to step up and to stir ourselves. Now is the time. Now when I say stir ourselves, stir what? Stir the gifts of God inside of you. What gifts? I'll tell you what gifts. If you were here last Sunday night, Chase preached. Yes, it was awesome. And he preached about what the treasure, how the gospel is such a treasure that he has found and he possesses. That's the gifting that God given. He has given us a treasure. This word is a treasure that he's given us. And God says, don't let it get cold. Don't lose your passion for it. Stir it. You've got to stir that up every now and again. You've got to add some wood to the flame. And keep it going. Stir it. Stir it. It's the pearl of great price. And Chase mentioned that. And I thought it was awesome. How the Bible says the kingdom of heaven is like this. It's like a jeweler who's dealt in pearls his whole life. Who's dealt in jewelry his whole life. And he comes across this one pearl. That's far more beautiful than anything. Other piece of jewelry he has ever seen. He has to have it. It's the pearl of great price. It's the finding of a lifetime. That's the gift that God has given us. He's given you and I this treasure. This pearl of great price. And Paul tells us, stir that. Stir that gifting that God has given you. Stir the gifts and the talents that he's put into your life. Stir it. 
Don't let it get cold. Don't let it go to waste. Stir those gifts. If you're born again this morning, you have a gift inside of you. You do. You may have many gifts inside of you. If you're born again, the gift of salvation is inside of you. The light of life is inside of you. The Word. You have a gift to the Word. You have the words of life for people beside you who don't have the Word of life in them. There are giftings inside of you. There are talents inside of you that God has given you. He's given them to you to use, to multiply. Don't let them get cold. Don't let them get cold. Don't let, them be, don't let it be stagnant. You have Christ inside of you. Don't let your passion for the Lord Jesus become stale, mundane, and cold. Man, we have the Holy Spirit in us. And during my opening prayer, there's a scripture in Hebrews at the very end of chapter 12. I think it's verse 29. It says, for our God is a consuming fire. Brothers and sisters, we serve a God that's like a consuming, roaring fire. Not boring. Not mundane. Not cold. He's a consuming fire that spreads and grows and roars. That's the God that we serve. And he's inside of us. Brothers and sisters, don't let it get cold. Fan it. And do what you got to do. Get some air to it. Get some fuel to it. Let it burn. Fan the gift of salvation. And blow on the Holy Spirit in your life. Let it catch fire. Let it spread to others all around you. And you're redeemed. You and I are redeemed. Fan that gift of redemption in your life. Now, I think it's good to remember what we once were before we were saved. Don't forget if you were a louse before you were saved. Don't all the way forget that. Remember. Go back and remember what you once were. Go back and remember the sins and the evil deeds that you used to do and the lifestyle that you used to lead. Don't forget it totally. Always go back and remember it and let it add to your passion. Man, look what I was and look what God has done in my life. He's changed me. Let it be a passion inside of you to drive you onward. And feed the fire of your love for the Word. You know, if you quit reading this and it starts collecting dust, you're going to start losing your passion for the Word. You're going to think, oh, just watch one more TV show. I'll get to that tomorrow. Brothers and sisters, it can happen to any one of us. I don't care if I'm up here preaching and you think I'm a good person. If I quit serving the Lord and just, eh, if I go to neutral, I'll get cold. My fire will go out just as quick as yours will go out. No matter what ranking you think you might be, no matter how long you've served the Lord, 20 years, 5 years a day, your fire will go out if you don't continue to add wood to it. It will get cold. And it's our job to fan the flame. Man, fan your worship time. Brothers and sisters, when we come up here to worship and then lights go out, Forget about your neighbors. Forget about your problems. That's your time to worship the Lord. To worship Him. Don't think about anything but how thankful you are to be alive and saved. That's it. I don't care if my truck broke down or how much it's going to cost me. This is my time to worship my God. I believe that if we do that, no matter what problems are facing us, no matter what's staring at us, if we forget about all that and just worship the Lord... I believe that's just throwing wood on the fire is all it's doing. And it's going to grow and it's going to burn hotter and it's going to put out more heat. 
to all those around us are going to start feeling heat. Now the opening text I read, just 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, I want to read that to you. In the New Living Translation, it says, This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid hands on you. Fan it into flames. That's our job, is to sit there and fan the flames in our heart so that it'll get hot and grow. You any ever seen, ever, anyone ever seen what happens when you put wind to a fire? Most of us had, most of us boys had, because we like catching stuff on fire and stuff. If you give fan, if you blow on a fire, man, it just goes, it gets more and more. That's what Paul was telling us here. Fan it. Fan those coals and that wood. Fan it into flames. The same scripture in the New American Standard said, For this reason I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Kindle it afresh, brothers and sisters. If it's out and there's no more wood, there's nothing but ashes, the Bible says kindle it afresh. Rekindle the fire. Get it started again. Put some kindling on there. Get some air to it. Start blowing on it. Sooner or later, there'll be smoke. Sooner or later, there'll be a spark. And then it'll erupt into a flame. The Bible says, fan it. Blow on it. Kindle it afresh. Man, brothers and sisters, I encourage you. Shut yourself in with the Lord. I'm not saying you've got to pray for 20 hours a day, but shut yourself in each day. Make a time with God where you tell your wife and your children, Hey, leave me alone for 15 minutes. Leave me alone for 20 minutes. I'm going to pray. I got to pray. I got to get this fan going. I got to add some wood to the fire. All of y'all, leave me alone for a little while. And put on some music and just pray and worship. Man, there's no rules. I don't know if you knew this or not. There's no rules that you can't worship at home. It's not just here at church. You're allowed to raise your hands at home in your prayer closet. You're allowed to say, Lord, I love you, I worship you. You're allowed to sing along with whatever song comes on and just sing it to the Lord. You're allowed to do that. It's not just here on Sunday mornings. Where am I at here? Lost my place. Okay, you know know one thing that I like about wintertime? I'm not, winter's not my favorite. Believe me, I love summertime. Winter is not my favorite, probably my least favorite. But one thing I love about wintertime is my wood burner. I love my wood burner. Man, it keeps us so warm. Matter of fact, I'm not exaggerating. On the more mild days in winter, I mean, it could be 30 degrees outside. And you come to my house, I have a lot of my windows cracked. Sometimes I sleep with my bedroom window, which is right by me, open, clear open. Because my house is so nice and warm in it. But you know, over the years... There's been a time or two that it's went out. And you wake up in the morning and, man, you see your breath. It's so cold in there. My wife gets all mad at me. Jason, the fire's out and it's freezing cold and it's, it's quite miserable. It is. You ever had your house get down to 50 degrees? It's miserable. It doesn't matter if you put a sweatshirt on or anything. It's just miserable. Everything's freezing cold. Freezing cold. It's miserable. So you know what? Over the years of burning wood, I learned to keep it going. I don't want my wife to get mad at me. I don't want to see my breath when I get up in the morning. I don't want to be miserable shivering in my own home. So I learned a few tricks how to keep that fire going. You know what I did is I learned how to find, if you just find one tiny coal, then I can get that fire going again. 
those of you that burn wood, you know what I'm talking about. If you dig around in them ashes, you can find one tiny coal buried in there somewhere, and you can get the fire going again. You can, just from one tiny coal. You can. Brothers and sisters, I believe there's many people here in New Hope this morning that if you open the wood burner door to their heart, it looks like just ashes. There's no heat. Everybody's miserable around you. It's cold. But if you dig around in them ashes, and you know what ashes are. Ashes are the stuff that used to burn. If you dig around in those ashes, you'll find a hot coal in there somewhere. There's a hot coal buried down in there somewhere. If there wasn't, you wouldn't be here this morning. You wouldn't be here at church this morning. You wouldn't care about what I'm saying. You wouldn't care to come to church whatsoever. So no matter how cold you are, and there's a coal in there somewhere, you just got to rake around in them dead ashes. Scoop them ashes out. Find a coal. And if you find one tiny red ember in there somewhere, the Lord can work with that. He can kindle it afresh. He can, he can fan it into flames. He can. I believe that. <clears throat> we just got to dig around in them ashes every now and again and find that coal. God can work with it. You know what the Bible says, plain and simply, in Proverbs chapter 26, verse 20? Very simply says, where no wood is, there the fire goes out. Brothers and sisters, if you and I don't put any wood on that fire, it goes out. It goes out in a matter of no time. You'll wake up and the house will be freezing because you didn't put any wood on it. Where no wood is, there the fire goes out. It's our job. God expects it of us. He does. If you don't maintain the fire, it goes out. If all you do is just attend church, that's not enough wood. It's not. If you have no fervency, no urgency to the way that you serve the Lord, you're going to get cold. You'll get cold. Pure and simple, you won't have any heat. Listen to me now. The gifts of God wither if they are neglected. The giftings and the talents that God has given you. Each one of us may have different talents and giftings. They wither and die if they're not used. It is true. If you neglect them, we can't. We can't neglect what God has given us. Listen to what the Apostle Paul... I love this scripture. Listen to the Apostle Paul's advice to Timothy concerning the stirrings of the gift of God. Now, if it's good enough for the Apostle Paul to speak to Timothy, it's good enough for me. Listen to what he says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13. <clears throat> he says, Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy. With the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly unto them. That thy profiting may appear to all. Verse 16. Take heed unto yourselves and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. You know what Paul is saying? He's saying read. Preach. Pray. Continue in it. Study your doctrine. Continue in it. Give yourself over to it. Wholly to it. Until I return unto you. Give yourself unto this word. Give your, pour yourself into it. Make this what your life is about. Give yourself to all this. 
Cultivate your giftings that God has given you is what Paul was saying. Cultivate them, use them, hone them. So that you can become good with them. So that you can become profitable. Because if you do, you'll not only save yourself, but all those around you that hear you. Man, I love that scripture. Meditate upon these things, Paul says. Give yourself wholly to them, Paul says. Man, you know what meditate means? It means think long and hard and deeply on a certain subject. That's what meditating means. Man, think long and hard and deeply on the Word of God. When you're at work, if you get a moment that you're allowed to just let your mind wander, let it wander to the Word, to a Scripture that maybe a preacher spoke, to a Scripture that maybe you read that morning or last evening. Man, meditate on them. What does it truly mean? That's what Paul says. Take heed unto yourself and unto the doctrine. Brothers and sisters, if there's something you don't understand about the Christian faith, because there are some more difficult subjects, get in the Word and study it. Get some answers out of the book. And preach, read, pray, be diligent, give yourself to it. Cultivate your spiritual gift that God has given you. For in doing so, thou shalt save yourself and them that hear you. You know what? It's funny because we don't do these things. We don't read. We don't pray. We don't put any wood on the fire. And then we get cold and then we gripe because God hasn't done anything in my life. God hasn't spoken to me in years. I haven't heard anything from the Lord. Is he even there? Where's he at? He doesn't do anything for me. You know, we don't do these things that are required of us. We don't put the necessary air and fuel. God will add the spark, but we got to put the fuel in the air to it. We don't do that. We complain because there's no spark. It's cold. And our Christian walk with the Lord is dull and mundane. Brothers and sisters, God expects us to be in the Word. It's not, do I want to or not? He expects it. That's an expectation of the Lord. We've got to know our doctrine. We've got to be in our Word. He wants to see us growing, cultivating our gifts. He expects our faith to grow, right? God has given us gifts that He's loaned to us. He's loaned them to us. Jason, I will give you this gifting, this talent. Here it is. I'm going to give you charge over it for the span of 70 or 80 years, however long. Maybe 40 years, I don't know. However long I'm going to be alive, I'll loan this to you, but I want you to use it. That's the only requirement. I'll give you this gifting, but I'm going to get, you're going to be held accountable for it one day. I want to read to you. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. Now this is a little bit of reading. But this is the parable of the talents. And I love this parable. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he had, that had received five talents went and traded with the same, and made them five other talents. And likewise he that received two, he also gained two other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. Now we'll stop right there for a second, but this is a parable. They're saying the kingdom of heaven is like this. 
That's why he tells parables. He's telling us, hey, it's like this. My kingdom is like this. So then he goes on to tell us it's like a Lord goes on this journey and gives them his goods. So this Lord gives them his goods. What is the Lord's? He gives to us, right? He's given us, us giftings and talents to use. It's the Lord's gifting. It's the Lord's talents. But he gives it to his servants. While he's away, he wants us to use them, giftings and talents. And some, for some reason, get more than others. That's just the way it is. Some get five, some get two, and some get one. But whatever he's given, he's loaning it to you as he goes on his journey. The Bible says, and that's what the kingdom of heaven is like. Now let's read what happens to these. And the five goes, it says, and trades and uses his talents and gives five more. The two, he does the same. Uses his giftings and talents and gains two more. The one goes and hides his talent. Because all he got was one. He went and hid it in the earth. And hid his Lord's money. Now we're in verse 19. It says, after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and reckoned with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, Thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Verse 24. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art in hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and went, and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knew that I reap where I sowed not, and gathered where I have not strawed. Thou ought therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received my own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it to him which has ten talents. For unto everyone that hath shall be given, and to everyone that shall have in abundance, but, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he has, and cast ye the unprofitable servant unto into outer darkness where there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So what we have in this second part is this Lord who distributed these talents comes back to, the Bible says, reckon with his servants. You know what that means? That means there's a day. Now remember, this parable is like the kingdom of heaven. He's saying this is what it's like. There will be a day where the Lord comes to us and we have to reckon with him. Where the Lord's going to say, Pastor Joe, what'd you do with the talents I gave you? Give an account. Because I gave you this, 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 and this. What'd you do with them? There's going to be a day where he says, Jason, I gave you these talents. What'd you do with them in your lifetime? However many years you got, what'd you do with them? You understand that? There will be a day where each and every one of us has to stand before God and reckon with him. Just like the Bible says, we're going to have to reckon with them and say, Lord, this is what I did. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to tell you what. Whether your talent is big or whether your talent is small, we better use it. Amen? We better use that talent. I'd rather try and fail miserably than not try at all. 
Because there will be a day when I have to explain to God my actions and what I did with my life. And I don't want to be like the guy who had one and hid it because he was afraid, out of fear. He didn't want to lose the one that he had. He was afraid to put himself out there. He was afraid to use that one ability. Look at him. He wasn't given the five and the two like the other people. They got way more than he did. Brothers and sisters, whatever God, whatever he has given you, man, we're going to be held accountable for it. We will be held accountable. And he expects us, despite what talents he's given you, he expects us to grow in our faith. He expects us to multiply He expects us to be in the Word and keep the fire going. Keep fanning the flames. Because if we let it die and go out, it's going to be a bad day. He's going to say, thou wicked and slothful servant. Meaning you were lazy with what I gave you. And I don't want to get casted into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. I don't want anything to do with that. No way. God wants to see growth in us. God wants laborers. He does. You know what? Back to that parable. The guy that was given one. He says. Lord I knew thee that thou art an hard man. Reaping where thou hast not sown. And gathering where thou hast not strawed. And even the Lord admits and says. You know that I reap where I haven't sown. You know why? Because that's our job. That's our job to sow the good seed. We're the ones to be out there sowing. And working with our talents. And using them. All for God's glory. Amen? So God can reap the benefits. So God can reap the glory. I do not want to stand in front of him and have to make up excuses and tell him why I was too afraid or too fearful. No way. Brothers and sisters, we got to fan the flame. We have got to add wood. We've got to add air. We got to dig around and find them coals. Dig around, sift, scoop out all them dead ashes. Maybe those ashes were great manifestations of God in your life that once were, but they're just ashes now. They're memories of long ago. You've got to scoop them out and get some new ones going. Dig around and find that coal in your life. God wants growth. He wants laborers out into his vineyard. He wants workers. He wants us to take what he's been given and use it for his kingdom, for his glory. We've got to stir ourselves, Amen we got to stir up the gifts that God's given us. You know, I learned another little trick on how to rekindle a fire real a lot faster. If you have one coal, you can get a fire going, but sometimes it takes a while. You'll be there fanning it for a good while, putting a little kindling on it. And it'll ignite, but it takes a long time. You know, another little trick that I've learned is dig around in them ashes, scoop them ashes out, bring all the coals together. And you find five or six hot coals. And scoop all of them and get them together. When you get all them hot coals together, and that fire starts back just like that when you throw wood on it. Brothers and sisters, if you see one of your friends, if you see someone in the body of Christ on fire for the Lord, go get close to that coal. Go get close to them and try to catch what they have. Conglomerate together coals. The more we get together Man, I'm telling you, the heat is just it blows up and sparks and flames everywhere. And that's what we need. We just need each other. Listen to what the Bible says. 
Hebrews 10, 24 says, And let us consider, what, consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Brothers and sisters, us coals ought to be getting together, provoking one another to love and to good works. Man, provoking each other to good things, to do good works. Man, if you see someone, it's on fire, ask him if you can come to their Bible study. Ask if you can pray near them, worship near them, sit by them here at church. Whatever you got to do to get some of their flame. Man, if you got friends that just want to talk about football only, never talk about God, don't. Man, you pray for them, but don't hang out with them too much, or you're going to lose your heat. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day day approaching. You know what exhort means? And it means to urge strongly. And strongly urge each other to serve the Lord. To provoke one another to love and to good works. To excite each other. Brothers and sisters, when we gather together, it should be a time of excitement for the Lord. We should be excited to gather together. Coming to church shouldn't be a drudgery. If it's a drudgery to you, nah, we've got to go to church again. and hope it gets over quick. Hope it don't last too long. Uh, guess what? Your fire's out. It's out. You better dig around through them ashes and get some coals going. Get closer to some other hot coals in the body of Christ. Amen? Now, I believe, I believe that God has given us many, many giftings and talents here in this church. I do. We have such a diverse group, and I believe God has given us so many different giftings and talents. Imagine what it would be like if all of us brought something to the table. What would the kingdom of God be like? What would we be able to conquer? What would we be able to accomplish in the Lord's name if we all came with a fire in our heart and a talent that we were willing to use? And what would New Hope be like? Look at the beautiful facility that he's given us. This church is so beautiful. Man, let's use it and abuse it for the kingdom of God. Amen? Look at our beautiful youth sanctuary that he's given us. God has given us all these beautiful things. Look at our microphone and our equipment and the band that he's given us and our Sunday school teachers that he's given us. Look at the beautiful fellowship hall that he's given us and the property that he's given us. Brothers and sisters, let's use this stuff. Use it for the glory of God so that we have that day of reckoning. We'll be able to say, Lord, Lord, I tried every single day. I witnessed, I prayed, I read, Lord. And God is going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into thy rest. You were faithful over a few things. Now I'll make you ruler over many. No matter how great or big your gifting is. Now I'm going to start bringing this to a close. But it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. Now ye are all the body of Christ and members in particular. And God hath set some in church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, and diversities of tongues. Brothers and sisters, God, He didn't make us all the same. He doesn't stamp out robots. He makes individuals. And we're all different. We all have different giftings and talents. And there's more than just what's lifted there. Some of us are prayer warriors. Some of us are preachers. Some of us are evangelists. Some of us are great at witnessing and there's all kinds. Some of us are good at music. 
Some of us are good at teaching. Some of us are good at Sunday school, youth, and dealing with elderly people and dealing with adults. Some of us are good caregivers. All these talents, use them. Use them for God's glory. What would it be like if we were all stirred? What would we be like if we were all hot and fervent for God? Amen? Brothers and sisters, now is the time for us to stir ourselves. Now is the time to stir ourselves. Booth, if I could get you to play some music, please. And as the music plays, maybe we can dim down some of these lights just a bit. Brothers and sisters, I want to invite you to this altar. If the fire's gone out, come down to this altar. Stir yourself. Stir the gifts of God. Tell God, Lord, give me that hunger back. Give me that fire back. Lord, I've lost my zeal. Brothers and sisters, come to this altar. Ask God. Beg God to give you that hunger and that thirst for righteousness. Beg God. You, some of us remember how much we used to love God when we first got saved. God will take you back to there. Ask God to take you back to there. Amen? Amen.